Our passage this morning and our message deals with the problems that we face in this life. We're continuing our series on why do bad things happen to good people. And so far we've dealt with burdens and we've dealt with temptations and today we're going to tackle problems. I'm afraid that some people have come into the Christian life thinking that now that they're saved, it's all just a bed of roses. Everything's going to go exactly, you know, the way it's supposed to. All good things are going to come. And they're not expecting problems, downfalls, troubles. So when they finally do come, it's harder to deal with. Because we're thinking, where did that come from? Remember last week we told you in our text, it tells us that temptations will come. You don't have to think maybe it will, maybe it won't. It will come. It, it, it's not a matter of if, just when. Well, we're told in the Word of God about problems will also come. There's no getting around it. Even the Lord Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have tribulation, trouble, problems. But take heart, he said, I have overcome the world. The truth is there are many Christians who want to be saved. They want to have that title Christian. They want to be called a child of God, but they, they just float around in the periphery of Christianity, you know? Not too involved until some crisis comes up in their life. Now, all of a sudden, they want to know what is God up to. Then they want to know his ways. They want to know why he does what he does. There are times when what is happening in the life of the Christian just does not make sense to the follower of the Lord. Times when in one's heart they really feel like God has made some kind of mistake and we find ourselves asking questions like, does he really know what's going on in my life? Or why did God not keep this from happening? Why does God not explain why this is happening? And many times these questions are raised simply because we don't understand what God is up to. Well, this morning I want to share with you reasons why God allows problems in our life. And I want you to hear from our text today what God has prepared for you in heaven is not worthy to be compared with the problems that you're facing today. So listen to our text. Carson Brown is going to come. Carson and his parents, uh, they just recently joined our church and we're, we're glad to have them up. And Carson, you come on up here. And uh, as Carson comes, you stand as we honor the, the word of God. Let's stand together. Let's see, yeah. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, cry Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time not worth comparing with the glory that is to reveal to us. Romans 8, 15. Thank you. Good job. 
May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated. Let me share with you this morning some reasons that God has allowed problems in our life. And the first reason I, I want to share with you, they're right there in your bulletin, God is changing you. Have you ever thought, how does a change come about? Change usually comes when a problem arises. A friend of mine had a water line leak from the back of his refrigerator. Didn't know about it. Don't know how long it took him to find that out, but it leaked, it leaked so bad the damage was intensive. And I, I think that um, the, the problem was he wasn't getting any ice, so he decided one day to finally figure out why pulled out the refrigerator and the damage had been done. Terrible damage all the way down into the foundation. That much damage was done. So upon discovering, because of the problem, discovering that he had to make some changes. You know, like all new flooring, which his wife was perfectly happy with. The problem causes the need for a change. Now, with God, the damage already exists. It's deep down inside of us, of his child. And he uses a problem to get us to see what is wrong so that we can fix it. Right there, if you still have your Bibles open in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, God's word teaches us that his goal is for us to be conformed to the image of his son. That passage says that once you are born again, you are now predestined to become like his son. Conformed is the word that Paul uses. And now that word conformed in the Greek is where we get our word morphed. You know, like in metamorphosis. So, so think about a metamorphosis of a, caterp a caterpillar into a butterfly. Over a period of time, a tremendous change takes place. God's goal is that we allow a tremendous change to take place. And the way that he accomplishes that change is with problems. So the problem will arise in your life, dear friend, to get you to look to see what area of your life needs to be changed. If we're going to be Come, become like Christ, it means that we have to change. And change is sometimes very painful. We don't like change. No, no, not many people I've ever experienced have liked change. We struggle with change. And I'm going to tell you, God will do whatever it takes to bring about the change. Let's talk about pride. God will put down the prideful. He sees that down deep inside of you, and he wants to deal with it. So he might allow some embarrassing situations to come up in your life. Peter's a good example. Peter had bragged in front of all the disciples and Jesus and said, I will never deny you. I will stick with you even unto death. Before the sun would rise the next morning, Peter denied Jesus three times. It's very interesting. The Bible says, just as he said it the third time, Jesus was being led through that very court, and he looked at Peter. And Peter's heart was broken. 
And the Bible says that Peter went out weeping bitterly because it was painful for Peter, but it changed him. Painful, but it changed him. And that, beloved, is precisely what God is doing in each of us. He's changing us, doing whatever it takes, bringing us to conform to the image of his dear son. God will provide whatever is needed to bring us to that change. God is doing whatever it takes to change us. Now, I can help you here if you will accept the help. You know, some people just don't want to be helped. I'll do this on my own, but I can make it easier. Changes come easier when you are submissive to God. He has given us his word. We have his word right here with us all the time. We're to be in the word, reading the word, studying the word, digesting the word, obeying the word. These things will change you less painfully if you'll learn by listening. In other words, you have a daily Bible study. A daily time you're in the word of God and as you read it, you're thinking about, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? How will this apply to my life? And you begin to engraft the word of God into your life so that you become more like Christ. Painlessly, nearly painlessly anyway. Just listen to the word. God has given us a resource of prayer. We're to pray daily. And as we pray, it's a communication with God. It's a dialogue with God. We say some things. We wait for him to say some things to us. We wait upon his spirit. And beloved, a regular exposure of these resources, reading the word, studying the word, coming to church, uh, listening to the word of God being expounded, these things will make it easier and smoother as you go through the change that God wants to make in your life. What will God do if you ignore these sources? I can't tell you exactly what he's going to do, but God will do whatever it takes to get your attention. He will do whatever it takes to bring about the change that he wants. There are many of you here today that know what I mean. Uh, who, who has ever done any canning? You know, putting up vegetables. You work all spring. You get the soil ready. You plant the seed. You get the plants. They start coming up. Late spring, early summer, some of the vegetables and the fruit comes in. And, and your, your family can pretty much take care of it. But, man, you get in midsummer, you got more than you can handle. So what do you do? You go down to the hardware store. You get some mason jars. And you start canning. You start putting it up. Now, uh, my mother-in-law uh, took me through this, and I, I learned a very valuable lesson. Because one of the things you have to understand is how long do you cook the fruit or the vegetable before you put it in the mason jar? And this is what she taught me. The harder the fruit or the vegetable, the longer you have to cook it. Beloved, the same thing is true with your heart. You see, God puts you out into the fire sometimes. He brings a problem into your life because he wants to preserve you 
And you say, how long is it going to take, preacher? How hard is your heart? The harder the heart, the longer God has to leave you in the fire. So we have our first possibility of problems in your life. God is using it simply to change you. The answer for some today, you're right here, right now. You're thinking, God has deserted me. But you have to realize, no, God, the problems aren't telling you that God has deserted you. The problems are telling you that God is right there, actively busy in your life, drawing you closer to him, trying to make you more like his dear son. Now, it brings us to the second reason why God allows problems in your life. God is correcting you. There may be an area of your life that is not measuring up to what the word of God reveals to us. And God is trying to bring you back into compliance. You may be a young Christian, recently born again. You have a lot of the old ways still in you. And God is trying to change those ways. God is going to bring experiences into your life that are tailor-made for you to help you in this area of correction. Read sometimes Jeremiah chapter 18. In verses 1 through 6, we know that story as the potter and the clay. God is the potter, we are the clay. And the potter sees an a, um, imperfection. There's a mar in the pot. So what he will do is he will break it and he'll make it over again. I believe that God is in the business of breaking some of us. With some of us, God sees a need to bring that problem into your life, that problem being a preconceived idea. Maybe it's a behavior pattern. And he says, that area of your life needs renovation. And only God knows who needs that correcting, that breaking. But he knows exactly what you need. It's like the riding stable. It had a sign over the entry saying they have a horse for every need. We have fast horses for people who like to ride fast. We have slow horses for people who like to ride slow. We have big horses for big people, little horses for little people. And for those who have never ridden horses, we have horses that have never been ridden. You don't want to ride a horse that's never been ridden if you didn't get that. Why is everybody laughing? You don't want that. God knows what kind of horse you need. And that's why he brings it into your life. And don't worry. He will not put more on you than you can handle. But here's what you have to remember. You can't handle anything without him. Amen? God loves you enough to save you, and he loves you enough to not leave you like you are. And he's going to bring about change into your life. He's going to allow problems to come to help correct you. For more on this, you need to also study Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews chapter 12, it teaches us whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Now, get this. If you're not a child of God, God is not chastening you. If you're not a child of God, um, the problems may just be of your own work or God is just trying to get your attention to, to be saved. But God is only going to chasten his children. 
You don't go and whip the neighbor's kids, do you? I know you're not supposed to whip your own kids, but you get my point. You don't put your neighbor's kids in timeout. Is that better? Yeah. Um, you do your kids. God is going to chasten you, dear child of God. He, he is going to bring something into your life because that passage in Hebrews 12 goes on to say that this correcting is for our profit that we may become partakers of his holiness. Some of you gray hairs like me, you remember your parents. We did get whipped, didn't we? And what did your parents say? This is going to hurt, hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. No, it's not. That hurt. God is doing it for our profit. We never see that as a child when we got whipped. We didn't think it was going to correct us. But it did. The next time we started doing that again, we, we, we remembered and we didn't do it. I'm not advocating spanking. Don't go out here and say that. I'm just saying that, that's what helped. It worked. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that God's word will reprove us will correct us. So where do we go? We go again to the Word of God. That is where we find God's instruction for correction. So here's a challenge for some of you this morning because you have quit reading, studying the Word of God. Because you're out here in, in sin, you're out here and God is trying to correct you. He has shown you time after time as you read the Scripture and yet, now you say, well, I'm not going to read this anymore. It, it brings too much conviction. It hurts too much. My challenge to you is to open the book up, up again. Get back into that daily reading of Scripture and get back into the habit of, of saying, God, what do you have for me? What area of my life needs correcting? Let me see it. And again, if you don't take this instruction, Correction by instruction in the Word of God, God will bring some difficulties into your life more than you're going through now so that He can work out this correction. Because if you'll not learn by instruction, God is going to teach you by experience, whatever it takes. I learned this lesson October 10, 1980. I'd been backslidden for about three years more. And uh, I knew that God was speaking to me. I was really under a lot of conviction, but I kept trying to shrug it off. I didn't even know where my Bible was at that point. And I was in a car wreck. The car was ripped into three pieces. I spent six weeks in ICU. All I could do is look up. All I could do is put myself in God's hand and repent. Why did that happen? I wasn't a, I wasn't a bad person. But God loved me too much to allow me to keep going in that direction. God wanted me to come back to him. And I have ever since. That brings me to the third reason God allows problems in your life. You're not going to like this one, but hang in there with me. God has called you. 
You think about that and you say, well, you know, you're only talking to maybe one or two people in this whole congregation. And uh, you're thinking, I'm talking about being called into a ministry, being called the pastor or to to, uh, be a deacon or to be a missionary. I want you to look again how this point is written in your bulletin. Look how it's written in the, on the screen up here. Not that God is calling you, present tense. God has called you, past tense. Problems, troubles, sufferings, all are just a part of the calling that we have in Christ Jesus. You come to know Jesus, he said, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. They hated me, they're going to hate you. A lot of times the problems that we as Christians face are simply just because we are born again. Listen to what we're taught in Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. It says, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. So you come, uh, become a Christian, the suffering comes along. It's a part of that calling. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun, does it? That doesn't sound like the, the roses on an easy road. It sounds painful. But it is his calling. See, we love the part where Christ says to us, come to me, let me embrace you and tell you of my love for you. Let me assure you of my promises that will be with you throughout all of eternity. Let me impart to you the peace that passes all understanding. Let me fill your heart with my glory. And we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And we worship him and praise him. And then we notice he's still talking. So we we stop and we listen again and we hear him say, now let me tell you of a work that I have out there in the darkness. Now let me tell you about something I need you to do where the road is hard and the going is rough. Let me send you out there where I need messengers and ministers and I'm calling you who will go for me. We're, hello, I lost a connection. What? Surely, God, you're not saying that to me. You're not wanting me to go. You're not calling me to my neighbor's house. You're, I think I've lost you, Lord. Or we might even say this. Lord, do you know what that's going to cost me? Never, never, never say that to God. You wouldn't, would you? Because you know what God would say to you. Do you know what it costs me to bring salvation? It costs me my one and only son. For I was separated from him for the first time in all of eternity as he hung on that cross, as he took your sin upon him. Jesus would say, you know what it costs me to leave my father, to come onto the dusty roads of this earth, to walk among men, to be spat upon, to be rejected, to be crucified. You know, when the apostle Paul got saved, he was blinded. He's sitting in a room all by himself, and God got one of his disciples. His name was Ananias, and he said, I want to send you to Paul. I have a message for Paul. Paul, the suffering, you are a chosen vessel, and I'll show you how many great things you must suffer for my sake. That's a brand new Christian. 
that he's saying that to. Do you want to hear Paul's response? Well, you already did. It's in our text today. When God said, I want to show you all the suffering that you're going to have to do, Paul's response was in verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Amen. Praise the Lord. All that you're going through, beloved, is not worthy to be compared that first second you enter into heaven's gate. Sometimes the suffering that we're enduring is because of the call that we have on our lives, just because we're Christians. But somebody, some people, have also just rejected the call of God on their life. I met a man, and he was uh, in his late 80s, and he told me, he said, when I was a teenager, God had called me to preach, and I rejected it, and I, re I regretted it every day of my life. Over 70 years, he, he regretted not going. The calling of God is without repentance. I don't care if it was a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. If God had called you at some point, that calling is still open. You are not in God's will today because you've refused to dedicate that part of your life to him. And God is going to allow problems into your life to get your attention, to bring about a change. So we have problems in our life because God is changing you. We have problems in our life because God has, is correcting you. And we have problems in our life because God has called you. But there's one more point. And it's not really a reason why we suffer, but this is just one of those points that are going to help you struggle when you don't understand why. Problems sometimes are in our life, and we just have to say God is beyond our comprehension. In Isaiah 55, verse 9, he says, As, as the heaven is high, higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is telling us there that there are times when he is doing something that is beyond human comprehension. There are times that you have no idea why these problems are happening. You see, God is not always going to parade his plans and his purposes before us waiting for our approval. He tells us what to do in such a case. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. A lot of times, you know, problems come up and go, oh, I know why that's going on. Do you really? He said, lean not to your own understanding. We, we want to just brush it off. We want to put it under the, the bed or something. We want it to be gone so we give it a reason. We need to just trust him sometimes. Say, God, I don't know why this is going on. If there's, if there's something in my life, show me. Our trust in God must be independent of our understanding. Which means that God will not always answer when we say, why, Lord? Why me? Why is this happening? So if you're going through some problems, some trials, some testing... I pray that you heard this message today. In the next few minutes, I want to encourage you to just pause and ask the Lord, why are you going through this predicament?
Is it for change? Well, if so, submit to God. Turn from your way and begin to go down God's way. If it's for correction, well, then repent. Yes, Lord, I, I see that. I, I sinned. I need to get that right. Admit to God that you've erred, that you've sinned, and now you're ready to get things right. Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you for sin. Maybe that's be for calling. Well, if it's for calling, just because you're a Christian, persevere, my beloved. Persevere. Because your reward is going to be great because of this suffering. And if you're resisting a call of God today, obey the Lord. Dedicate your life fresh and new to Him. He will give you that redemption. He will bring that thing to pass. I don't know what God's will for your life is today, but I know this. You do His will, it'll take you further than you could ever imagine you would go. It's beyond our comprehension. Just endure. Just endure. Remember, He has a plan. He has a promise, and I end with this verse. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. Would you have peace today? You'll have peace by putting your faith, your trust in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about this message, there are so many layers to it, so many avenues that we have to um, consider. God, that the problems that come in our life is not just because we're, we're bad people, We've just made mistakes, and you're trying to change those things. You're trying to correct those things. God, it's just sometimes because you have a call on our life. Help us today to have discernment. Lord, if there's problems in our life, we just have to look up to heaven and say, God, instruct me, help me. I, I don't understand why, but I trust you. I know that you have the greatest plan for my life because that's your promise in the word. God, I pray that if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as Savior, that they would come to you in faith, believing. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have an invitation. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the invitation today is going to be for several different reasons. You, you may be here and, and God really spoke to you in this message. And you know that you have some sin in your life. You don't need to come and confess it to me or to anybody else. You need to